Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. The Champions League is over, most importantly. League One is over. The Scottish Premiership is done. Every league under the sun, I think, at the time of recording, is pretty much done. However, the football does not stop because if COVID gave us one thing, it's the fact that we've got European Championships to look forward to when they should have already been done and dusted. And of course... We're not going to go anywhere this summer. We're going to be keeping you informed throughout the tournament with previews for England games, Scotland games. Um, but we're going to be looking at the tournament in full, making some predictions today, looking at who's going to win what group, who we should be looking out for and, and going forth with that. As I've already mentioned, Scott's with us. Scott, how are you doing now? You all right? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really excited for the tournament. Not going to deny it. I'm buzzing for a tournament. It feels like it's been longer because it has been, but like much longer than it actually has been since a major tournament. Do you feel like it's been since maybe like, oh, 1998 since you last qualified for a major tournament? I'll run about that. As an Englishman, not not so much. (laughs) Not so much. Um, Got Ian. Ian, obviously Scottish tones, but I believe you're following a bit of both. You're a bit like me this tournament, England first, Scotland second. But how are you doing, mate? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm sound, mate. Yeah, good. Yes. Did I get that analysis right? England first, Scotland second? Absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Just so the listeners know who the, the scum <laughs> in the room is, Scott. Um, Free scum. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We're not like that. Um, and also Connor. Connor, you've joined us. You've been with us quite a bit recently, which is nice. Um, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm doing really well, yeah. Really, really well. Just looking forward to watching more football and watching a team that's not particularly shit. <laughs> Famous last words, mate. That's on a recorded <laughs> podcast now. Um, three weeks' time. Is, how did we not beat Croatia? Um, how's little man? Who's he following? Who's Max following? He's doing really well. And honestly, I, I can't even begin to put in the words like how happy I am to have him home. It's just unreal. Like I just had him down the seafront today, just down the park, and he's just he's absolutely thriving. Like it's just great. Just normal little things that you miss, just to like take them to the park and just go for a little walk, and it's just it's just so nice. He's timed it well, hasn't he? Coming out for the Euros, he has. I yeah. just need more time off now. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon he's literally just gone right, getting out of this hospital for the Euros, and he's timed it perfectly. Well done, Max. Um, we'll get straight into it, of course. Uh, we're going to go group by group by group, and there's more groups than usual. I think actually should be looking at the format a little bit more. I know a little bit more than I did maybe six months ago because the world's been turned upside down. But um, obviously there'll be third, third team qualifying. There'll be more groups. So it's it's pretty hectic. And we're recording this just around the corner from Hamden as well. So there's a bit of scenery for you if you want to picture where we are, well, where I am. Um, we'll start with Group A, and I'm going to go in the order that I introduced everyone. So Group A, we've got Italy, Turkey, Switzerland and Wales. And the opening game is going to be with Italy and Turkey on June the 11th. Not the most difficult groups. I think Wales have done all right with that. Obviously, there's a, there's a standout team, Scott. But um, Group A, what's your assessment on it? I was having a look yesterday, and when I was looking at Italy, and I, I don't watch like a lot of Italian football, so that there are some players in the squad who I don't know an awful lot about. But looking at the squad, it's to me anyway, and others might disagree, but it's not like looking at Italy teams of 10, 15 years ago and you look through it and it was like superstar, 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 superstar. They're, you know, they're in with a chance of winning it. They might be in with a chance of winning it, but looking at the squad that they've got just now, um, I do think they probably will win the group, but I don't think it will be you know, quite as as good as the, the Italy of old, shall we say. So 
Um, I think Wales have probably got a chance of qualifying Switzerland and Turkey. Again, I would say they're probably quite comparable with Wales and how they've been as a tournament team over the last couple of tournaments. So, uh, yeah, I think Italy to win that group and Wales to come second. I think when you look at the, the Italy team, it's funny. I think you used to like, I mean, obviously USA 94 was probably prime for most of us, apart from me. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, like Baggio is like probably the poster boy for the first World Cup that I really properly watched and understood because Italia 90, I was far too young. Although I do remember it, I was too young to understand even what a corner was. So I can't exactly claim to be like, idolizing Gaza in my prime, you know what I mean? It just didn't happen. Um, so Baggio was probably the first one that I really watched and was like, that guy's like player of the tournament and obviously had the iconic moment at the end, but you've had the Costa Curtis throughout the years, you've had the Buffons, you've had uh, Pilos. There's so many players that Italy have been just iconic for years. And, and you look at the side now and it's like, there's players in there that you recognise, but they're not worldwide superstars like they used to be. And I'm sure there'll be people listening going, well, hang on a minute. Um, I think personally, Channel 4's got a lot of answer for for getting rid of Italian anti because we'd know far more about it uh, if they kept it going. But I, I think key player for at least probably Verratti. Uh, does anyone disagree with me on that? Verratti's probably the standout for me at the minute. I would say so. He's just... Yeah, it's something about me. He's just... Uh, he's, he's like candy. He's small. Now, James just hard to get off the ball. Once the ball's on his foot, you can't get it off him. It's just... He's probably, yeah, I, I would even go far, as far and say he's the best player that PSG have. Yeah, that's putting, that's putting it quite brutal because they've got Neymar and they've got yeah. Mbappe, but I think just everything goes through him from what I've seen of PSG in the Champions League. Thing is with PSG as well um, and Italy, they've. I think there's always a young player that comes out in a tournament, and sort of out of nowhere, I didn't realize how much Moise Keane had kind of blossomed since his Everton days. Like he's, he could be potentially one of the superstars that we do go, well, hang on a minute, they didn't have that many superstars, but there's that guy. But you kind of forget about him because he had, I wouldn't say a disastrous Everton career, but it didn't really work out at Everton, did it? Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, Wales. Scots took Italy and Wales. Where would you go with this? I've got Italy, Italy to finish first, and I'm going with Turkey to finish second because there's always seems to be one a big name that goes out. And I am... Um, in that group, I think you would expect I would expect Switzerland or Wales to go through, but I think Turkey. Well, will, Turkey's um, got that so, team. so young, you don't they? He's kind of like the the standout yeah. player, probably from the, the names I've looked at. And again, Turkey are a, Turkey are a funny one because a lot of the time you you find out about the players after a tournament. Like I remember Hakan Suker like years ago was like really standout, but I hadn't really heard of him beforehand. But They've got a few players in that squad that I do recognise and see who's kind of the standout. But um, just to throw a question at you here, you, you've gone for Turkey. Um, a few years ago, Wales made the... Well, four years ago, five years ago? Um, Wales made the semis, obviously, and it was a tournament where they lost to England. But I think, and it's no offence to the rest of the team at all, but it was definitely spearheaded at the least by Gareth Bale. Mm-hmm. Bale's still a fantastic player, still absolutely world-class. But is he as important to the Welsh team as he would have been in the last Euros, do you think? I wouldn't say as important as he was in the last Euros when Coleman was in charge. Um, but once you, if you've got a player like that, if you, he will drag the other players to that level. Well, not to that level, but 
he makes other players around him look better. Like we're seeing this with Cristiano Ronaldo uh, when Portugal won the Euros the last time round. So I don't think they're going to go as far. Well, I've got them not even quite get out the group stages, but if they're going to stand any chance of going far, it's going to have to come through Gareth Bale. They're quite comparable to Scotland in a sense, Wales. Um, they've got those players where you just like, like Ramsey's obviously a great player. Um, I think Ampadu's a, good, a great player as well. I know he hasn't had the best of seasons, but I think he's a very good player. Um, and obviously Gareth Bale is the absolute standout. But then you've got like very average championship centre-forwards, championship centre-backs and, and right-backs. And I think they're going to go with probably Wayne Hennessy in goal or, or possibly even Danny Ward, who's barely played for the rest of the season. So it's it does kind of determine their success, doesn't it, on, on how Gareth Bale really does. And, and Coleman did do really well, which is probably a sore point for the Sunderland fans listening. But he did really well to kind of... Um, be a married man with six kids, pretty much. Um, but he, he did well to have like that five at the back and that camaraderie that he had that we all thought he was actually going to bring to something, that, but then he had that little bit of quality in Gareth Bale that could just turn a game. Um, I, I think Wales will qualify, I think they'll nick it, but I think it would be wrong to underestimate Switzerland with Shakiri for obvious reasons. They've got a few decent players in there, and I think Shakiri's probably equally as important to. Switzerland as as Bale is to Wales but Ian um, I'll come to you last but not least I think mm-hmm. we've all kind of universally agreed that Italy are not the favourites they may used to be but they're considerably the strongest team in the division uh, division in the group uh, where, where are you going are you going to surprise us and go elsewhere with Italy or, or do you think that's probably where it's going to land they're going to finish first no, I can't really see um, um, they sort of past them. You know, it's funny you touched on uh, the, the players that you think will they sort of stand out. Um, their Italian, you know, teams to me have always always been about how um, they're solid. Yeah, they what they are. Um, so for me, actually, the standout um, their sort of player and and actually someone who's their future is going to be spoken about a lot over um, the summer is um, the Donnarumma. Yeah, of course. He's out of contract, isn't he? Of course. Yeah, so, um, yeah I think he's he, he, he could actually there potentially be, be the star. But, you know, you kind of summed it up really well. There isn't a lot of names in that side that, you know, stand out. It, feel, it feels like weird saying that it doesn't, because obviously there's, it's flooded with players that we know, but I suppose the best way to... to explain what we're saying, I suppose, is when you look through it, it's not the Baggio's, the Pilo's, the Buffon's, the Costa Curtis, the Nesta's, like, um, and I don't know how much, like I say, Channel 4 has got to do with us not knowing the players as much as we used to, but it just doesn't feel like a, a team years ago that had this brilliant spine. And I, th- I think it'll be there or thereabouts, if, if I'm completely honest, because I think they're still probably in the top five or six in the tournament, but in the past where you'd go, oh, well, Italy are a good side. Look, they're going to get at least to the semis because they've got Del Piero, they've got Costa Curt, they've got Pirlo. All these players with like a massive amount of experience and a massive amount of talent. And it feels like kind of the new group coming through. And, and Donnarumma, I mean, obviously, it feels like he's been around a long while, but he started when he was 16. He, he can't be that much older than that now. I think he's early 20s, but yeah. um, at best. But... I agree with you on that. But where, where are you going second? Because I think it's kind of a, a toss of a coin, that, isn't it? Like, I've gone for Wales. Scott's gone for Wales. Connor's gone for Turkey. But you can't really discount Switzerland out of it, can you? 
Well, it's funny I, you should sort of mention that because I think out of the the three um, the sort of teams that comes down to your um, the sort of talisman, the Shakiri would always sort of stand out, but he's not really played. He's not really done much, That's you true. know, you know, club wise. Yeah, um, I can't really see past um, the sort of Wales. It's all about your game. Um, the sort of changes and um, you know, Bale is still absolutely up there. And he's and and he's actually ended the the season quite well. So he has yeah. to be fair, and I, th- I think with Bale as well, one big thing you could probably take from it: there's certain players that you watch and you go, "God, he loves playing for his country." Gaza was one, and and, and Gaza obviously did loads of good in in Italia ninety, and, and we've seen other players come through and drag their players through tournaments. Sometimes it's like the spearhead, Ronaldo being the main one. He was even coaching on the the sidelines in the final when he went off and. You have that spearhead, and I think Bale. I mean, obviously, this is the famous flag, isn't it? Wales, Golf, Madrid. Um, I think he genuinely thinks like that. He obviously hadn't enjoyed much playing time at Madrid over the past few years, and started rocky at, at Spurs. But then, when Ryan Mason took over, when Mourinho's gone, you, you've seen him come to the fore and link up well with you know the, what is a really good Spurs forward line that's underachieving. And, and I think he cares more about Wales than anything. Um, as you know, proud Welshmen do, proud Scotsmen do, proud, proud Englishmen do. And, and I think when you've got that level of talent and that level of drive still to go, and it'll probably be one of his final tournaments because you can't always guarantee Wales are going to qualify. So he's going to have that in his head that this might be my, my final chance because he's, you know, he's in his 30s. You can't guarantee that Wales will qualify for every tournament. So he'll look at it as potentially one of his last one of his last times. So I think universally Connor's in the wrong. Um as we've noticed, um, Connor's wrong again. Uh, we're going to go yeah. with Italy and Wales to qualify. Fast forward, Switzerland fans going absolutely mental at this podcast. Um, group B, a bit tastier than Group A, if I'm honest with you. There's the obvious standout like there has been with Group A, but then there's a weird mix of teams that have got really good standout players um, and solid squads. So Group B, Belgium, Denmark, Russia, Finland. Um, Scott, I'll come back to you. We'll start with Belgium because I think that's the obvious place to start. Uh, surely, surely Belgium wins this group. I think this is a massive tournament for Belgium, uh, generally because huge, isn't it? Yeah, in my opinion be- between Belgium and France, man for man across the 23, they both have the best squads overall. The, this, uh, the depth of squad across the full squad. And Belgium, you know, the last few years, I'm, I'm looking at their, their record in the Euros now from kind of 1964. And, you know, 2016, they, they got to the quarterfinals. But with a squad like that, I think Belgium should be looking to get further than that. I know they got a wee bit further than that in the World Cup um, a couple of years ago. But f- for this team, and although we say they've got a, a depth in the squad, they've also got quite an aging squad. So for this squad, I think it's a massive, massive tournament for them. I do think that they they will win the group, without a doubt. I don't think, you know, unless something goes seriously wrong, I think they'll they'll walk that group. It's I agree with what you're saying on Belgium. It's felt like for a while they've been like England's golden generation. Got a bit further. Obviously, they got third place in the World Cup, but I think people kind of expected them to probably beat France or do a bit better than that. Yeah. And I mean, that's no disrespect to France because France are phenomenal and have a great tournament record, especially recently. But I mean, just looking through the 
the squad there for Belgium, there's players that are like in their 30s or approaching their 30s. It's going to be like a new luck side at the next World Cup, the next Euros. So potentially a lot of players' final chance to make sure that they get um, what's probably been expected of Belgium for a few years. I mean, you've got Courtois as your main goalkeeper. You've got Mignolet's backup, which is a Sunderland fan I think is great. Mounier, Vermaelen, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, uh, Denier, who's obviously done really well since his death. Sunderland, he's at Lyon now. Um, Witzel, De Bruyne, Chadley, Carrasco, Tielemans, both the Hazards, Mertens, Lukaku, Benteke, Bachawai, Doku and Trossard. I mean, randomly, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this, and I doubt there'll be any Newcastle fans listening to this podcast based on previous shows, but Matt Sells, he was an absolute nightmare at Newcastle and was horrendous, I think, in the championship season and possibly actually just after got promoted. He's their third choice, but aside from Matt Sells and probably Boyata, who obviously is at Hertha Berlin, but I don't think he's in the same class as the rest of the players there. Connor, how good are how good are Belgium? Do you think? Do you think this is their I've time? Just a, I've just had a look at the the squad. Sorry, um, but like you just said, they would have been expecting Belgium to just sort of blossom over the years, and they just haven't. I think I can't. I got to touch on like what you've just said there about how they are aging now. They're getting to that age now where they just they haven't reached the expectations that everyone thought that they would. And I so think that's, that's kind why. of testament to how good their side is, isn't it? Because there'll be people listening going, well, hang on, they've finished third place. And so, but I think the quality that they've got, the expectation is that they actually at least won something. And I don't think they've made it to a final yet. So, and they yeah. got beat off Wales in the last Euros in the quarters. Um, so there might be people listening saying, well, come on, they've done this to the highest rate and stuff like that. But they've actually not won anything. And with a squad like that, they should be pushing much further. So I, I agree with you on that 100%. They should be. And I think there's always one team that surprises you. And Russia are never really that the physical. They get, of course, they're going to be physical during vodka for breakfast. Sorry, any Russians that may be listening. <laughs> but um, I, I have Russia at the finish first with Belgium second. Because I think Russia will beat Belgium once. Is that the controversial? No, no, I just I forgot to take myself off mute. Um, which is that that is controversial, yeah. But I'll take it. We're here for the controversy. It creates great engagement. So please, if you disagree with Connor, which I'm sure you do, please tell us why. Um, I do. I do. I actually do have the squad list here, and I don't recognise one single player on it. Mind for Russia. Course, a lot of yeah. To be fair, are we Denis Sheryshev from Valencia? I think and that's Russian about it. Squad, that's about it, to be fair. There used to be, I'm trying to remember which tournament it was now, but when they had um, Arshavan and Pavlachenko and all those sort of like types, they were really strong then. And and it feels like Russia kind of always qualified for tournaments, but never really gone anywhere. But obviously, there was the last, the last year was we played them first game as well. Um, and I didn't really recognize too many at that point either. And, and they've gone on and not really done too much. I, I think for me, Belgium are the obvious standout, but I think it's probably hard luck past Denmark. But then Finland, the one thing I'll give Finland is they've got a striker there that can score goals in, in Timu Pugi. And I know he's mainly scored them in the championship. I know he scored like 11 last season in the Premier League. And I know he didn't do much of a job at Celtic when he was there. But, but Pugi is someone where if he gets a chance, he'll score. And, and I don't necessarily know 
I literally don't know if Russia have that same kind of option. Um, Denmark, on the flip side, have got Ericsson. Kasper Schmeichel's in goal. They've got a lot of good players, Denmark. So I think as much as I quite like Finland's spine with Puki and, and Glenn Kamara, who obviously I've watched most of the season as a terrific player, I think Denmark's probably got a bit too much. I can't look past I can't look past Belgium for, for winning it. Like I can't yeah. even go anywhere close. For me, it's Belgium. Um but I think after Denmark, you've you know you've got Eriksson's in the side who's tremendous. I think you've also got in there Hoiberg, of course, who's a, had a great season at Spurs, keeps things ticking over. Thomas Delaney, obviously he was at Dortmund, which is a very un-Danish name. Uh, Martin Braithwaite's there as well, which I know was quite hilarious that he signed for Barcelona, but he didn't actually do too bad. And you've got Paulson from Leipzig and, of course, Schmeichel, who is 34 now, by the way. Kasper Schmeichel's 34. Yes. That appeared out of nowhere. Scott, I didn't actually ask. Who were you taking as second place? Um, it's probably a toss-up between Russia and Denmark. Uh, I was having a look at the squads and um, I was thinking it could be either one. I think I'm going to go for Denmark purely just because, it just like you said, Graham, the players they've got, the experience, you know, Schmeichel, Eriksson, Stryker, Larson, the amount of minutes they've got between them and stuff like that. Um, and obviously they've got a couple of players that can stick the ball in the net. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was Russia, but I'm going to stick my neck out and go for Denmark. Ian, I'll come on to you. Um, I think most of us, apart from Connor, have universally gone with Belgium as probably the standout in that in that group far and wide. And then, yeah, Russia could be a surprise. Finland, I like. Denmark, I think, are probably the better of the three. Yeah. yeah are you no agreeing with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Belgium and the Denmark, I really can't see past, uh, you know, those two at all. Yeah. Who's who's going to be questioning everyone? And I'll, I'll go with Scott, Connor, Ian, because we're keeping that order. But who's going to be the standout player in that group? I mean, there's always someone that, like we said before, we, we've talked about Bale in the last group could be standout. Obviously, we've spoken about Verratti at Italy as well. For me, Bale's probably the, the best player in that group, which is probably a bit of a controversial statement. But uh, Belgium, for me, and in that group in total, if we're talking the best player in that group, the one that I think will be the one to watch in the early stages, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. And yeah. I would say, with him having Lukaku playing in front of him, you would imagine they would thrive. I was thinking this the other day, and I'm probably coming to it a bit too early, but just to break up the conversation a little bit, uh, Golden Boot is always hotly contested. Mm. There's always an English player, if we get a little bit further, it's there or thereabouts. But for me... Um, I was given a suggestion this morning that Lukaku could be a top tip for Golden Boot, and I, I think it's difficult to disagree with that. Does anyone anyone disagree with Lukaku potentially, or do you think it could be somebody else? Uh, without upsetting Scott, I'm going to say Harry Kane. Uh, I think now that uh, now that Ollie McBurney's out the squad, I think then maybe we could be looking at Killian and Mbappe. <laughs> I think. I was going between Belgium and France, as I said earlier. So, uh, name McBurney. If it's not John again, I think it will be Kylian Mbappe. Actually, can not believe you didn't go for Stephen O'Donnell? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's, coming, <laughs> that's coming later. So, I think universally, we're going Belgium, Denmark. Connor, again, with a 
the random guess at, at Russia. Um, you'll be in no Russia to uh, forget that statement once they get knocked out. That was a good pun, that. Um, group C, again, it's standout team mixed with three teams. I don't know enough about to decide who I think will get there, but we'll go first. Holland, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. Holland's not had the best few years in terms of tournaments, and they haven't even qualified for, but... But Scott, that's got to be Holland, surely, to qualify from that. Mm, I don't know. I mean, to qualify, definitely, I I think, to, in the top two. But winning the group, I'm not sure, because I don't know an awful lot about Ukraine. But they, they always seem to be not too bad when it comes to tournament football. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. In North Macedonia... I don't know much about them. You know, they could turn it to be like a Greece for a few years ago. I don't mean they're going to win it, but, you Which, know... to be honest, for this podcast, it's a bit weird because we know a lot about Macedonia and I found out that Pandev <laughs> is still in the squad. Um, for those of you who don't listen to our regular show, we're all big fans of the country Macedonia, which we then found out was actually North Macedonia. Uh, so Pandev is obviously the David Hasselhoff of uh, North Macedonia and he's still in the squad, Pandev. Still in the squad. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at it, they've got. I'm looking at their top scorers. You know, they've got Elmas on four, Bardi in two, Pandev in two. When you look at Ukraine, they've got Yarmchuk on four, Tishkinov in three, and Malinovsky on three. So when you're looking to compare like that, obviously it could be that they've not played as good caliber or whatever. But in comparison, you know, they, they could be a shock. I don't think so, but. Um, they they play in Claret number, so I'll I'll plump for them and say hopefully they'll be a shot. To be fair, in North Macedonia, 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 even um, when England's played against them, they've never been like one of those teams like sorry Albania, but like Albania where you go, oh this could be six or seven. This mm. you kind of look at it, and sometimes I think we beat them five one last time we played them, <clears throat> but everyone kind of said oh, that's a good result that because they're not a bad team, and I think if you look through their results, they're all they're, they're never bottom. They're not like a Liechtenstein or a San Marino, like far from it. They might not be the biggest of countries, but they produce some good players. So I think North Macedonia would not necessarily be a bad shout. Um, the one thing I'm probably quite excited about with, with Holland, outside of uh, Tim Kroll coming on in the last minute to save penalties and remember that Barini stuck one past him a couple of years ago at uh, St. Hotchpotch Park. You look through their squad, they've got loads of good young players coming through. I think it's felt like maybe Holland have been in that have been in a situation where they've never quite been the Holland of old in the sense that Italy have not got the same players that they used to and the icons that they used to. They're still qualified for stuff. There's been points where the Dutch haven't. And, and I think it's a massive miss when Holland are not in a tournament. And I know fans are not going to be in as much. And I know it's going to be a bit different compared to usual, but I absolutely love seeing the Dutch when they're, they're at a tournament because it's just everything's just orange. Such a good nation having a tournament that I'd like to see them do well as long as it's not at the, you know, the detriment of, of England, obviously. But there's a player in their squad that I think if anyone watches Champions League, which I kind of don't, I'm not a big Champions League fan, but I've watched one or two games and I think it was when they played against Liverpool, I think it was. There's a lad at Ajax at the minute called Ryan Gravenberch. Um excellent player if you haven't seen him um, and he's just one of many players that is in their squad 
that I think could probably turn it for them a little bit. I expect them to get out of the group uh, without a problem, to be completely honest, but I actually expect them to do a bit better than usual. There's players in there. Um, Denzel Dumfries is a good player at PSV as well. Uh, Martin Darun, who's had a decent season at Atlanta, who obviously used to be a borough. Um, Donny van der Beek, I know he hasn't done much for Man United, but is a great player. So I think they're starting to look through his squad now, and I haven't even mentioned uh, Delete, who's obviously at UV. I think they're starting to build a squad now that's starting to turn into a side that's a bit more like Holland of old. So for me, the, the Dutch, without a problem, are getting through, and I'll be delighted to see them get through because I love them being in the tournament as long as possible. And, and I feel like a bit of an affinity with them because they always get beat on penalties like late on in like the semis, so I feel a bit of an affinity with them as well. Outside of that, I'm going to go with Austria. Um, I think Macedonia, I've talked them up a little bit, but for me, you look at... Austria when they played against Scotland and they weren't great, but they've got a massive monster of a centre forward that's about six foot twelve or something. He's massive. And I think that's a bit of a different weapon. That probably wouldn't work against like Holland and other teams. But I think against Ukraine, it's someone to match the might of Ukraine. Ukraine have a few monsters at the back as well. Um, but I think it'll be like a secret weapon in Austria will just get through. I think they're more highly rated than they have been recently in previous tournaments and they've got a bit of an easier group to get out of. So I'm going to go Holland to coast the group and then and then Ukraine. But I also think Holland will go a bit further. But, but Connor, where are you going? Is it Holland for you as well? I definitely think Holland. Um, I think they've got enough to get through the group stage, definitely. Um, the only part of their squad that I think lets them down is the goalkeepers because what I'm reading here, I've got 442 open, um, is there keepers that they bring in? Tim Krul, Jasper Sillerson from Valencia, yeah. Martin Stecklenburg from Ajax. Yeah. I'm not sure who would be their number one out of that, but it doesn't really fill you full of. I think it would be Kleissen. Uh, I think I've pronounced his name correctly, yeah. but I think that's who it would be. And he's never really convinced um, Dutch fans. Uh, but when he's... you have a look at the, uh, the rest of the pitch, it's absolutely fantastic. You've got like Van Anaholt, shout out to Pig Paddy Van Anaholt. PVA. Um, Ake, Stephen DeVries, on Vision Wing, Vision Dal. <laughs> um, but even 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 up front though, like um, for all those football manager players, I don't know who Daniel Malin is from PSV, and he's yeah. an absolute machine on the game. But he is generally that in real life as well as as well as Memphis Depay. So I think they've got a good enough squad to absolutely sail through as number one. And for number two, well, I think it's going to be Austria. Um, I think they've just got more about them than Ukraine and North Macedonia. Some big names in their squad as well. They've got um, Marko Nautovic still. I don't know how old he must be now. He must be a canny age. I actually don't think he's that old. I think I think he just went to China very, very early. I'm sure he's like early 30s um, yeah. or something like that, but I could be wrong with that. You know, Feel free to write in and tell me why I'm wrong. Valentino Lazaro from Boston. For, for those German fans, Borussia Mönchengladbach midfielder, uh, Christopher Trammell from Union Berlin. Yeah, Trammell's there, of course. David, David, David Alba. They've got some good good players there, so I think they'll go through second, hipping Ukraine. Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned before about Austria and I mentioned about the giant centre forward. That's a different option, but you, you make really good points there with the players that they've got as well. And Artovich was... One of my favourite players when he was at obviously West Ham. Um, he was superb. He, he carried them. He carried them when he was at West Ham. He was class, wasn't he? Like he was a proper good, great at Stoke he was really as well. Good. 
great Stoke, real character as well that you kind of want leading your line at a tournament and they've also got that monster alongside of him. Um, and I actually keep a close eye on Union Berlin, as you know, and Christian Christopher Trammell's been an absolute unit for them this season. Obviously, they've got into Europe testament. as well, haven't they? I was just about to say that, but I didn't want to rub Scott's face in it or your face, <laughs> because I know you're big Hertha fans. Yeah, I prefer the blue side of Berlin, obviously, um, which any Hertha fans, so some of them do listen, will be pleased to hear. Um, Ian, I don't Holland, surely. I'm sorry to keep throwing this one at you, but there will be more competitive groups coming up. But surely Holland's the, the winning that group by far. Yeah, yeah. I can't really see see sort of past them. Um, you know, and and a relatively young side as well. I think you know they have the makings of actually sort of gelling in this um, this sort of tournament, and they're potentially doing sort of better than we think they might. Um, yeah, I think um, so too. Yeah, haha. Uh, to, they, to be honest, and for second place, and I know these are these are cult sort of favourites on our <laughs> podcast, but I really I can't. I am going to go for for the North, um, their sort of Macedonia, um, really because actually every um, you know tournament really does you know there is a, a surprise um, their sort of package. You know it could well be them. For what it's worth, if England and Scotland weren't in the tournament, I would 100% be following North Macedonia. I think it came from because I said Alioski looked like a cocktail. Ah, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> and of course, North Macedonia have Alioski. How do we even forget that? One of the <laughs> Premier League's greatest characters. And Holland are going to win that group. I'd be very surprised if they don't. And then a mixture of Austria and North Macedonia. But like Scott said, you can't really discount Ukraine out of it either. I think they got the quarterfinals a few tournaments ago. Yeah, you know, they, they haven't got Shevchenko anymore, which is kind of my extent of Ukrainian football. But they've always produced decent players in Ukraine. Uh, Rebrov being obviously not great for Spurs, but excellent when he was at Kiev. And obviously they've got a, a decent league with Kiev and stuff like that as well in terms of the con- the in contrast to maybe no offence to the North Macedonian League and the Austrian League. Uh, but I think Ukraine have got a decent league there as well that have produced decent players over the years, so we can't discount them totally. But I think Holland, far and wide. Where you could see with that, we're talking about how there's a third-place teams are getting through. That might not be a bad shout for one of the best-placed third teams because there could be a team there that gets a win and a draw, whereas like another couple of teams get slightly more a better goal difference or something like that whereas Holland win all three and then they all beat each other so that's where potentially you could get the best third place coming in but moving away from the groups that are quite easily decided we're now going to go into the best group of course um group D England Czech Republic Croatia Scotland I'm very confident in England in this tournament However, I wasn't particularly enamoured with the group, but I'll come to the, the, the Scotland fan first. Scott, England, Czech Republic, Croatia, Scotland. Take your Scotland hat off for a minute and, and how tough is that group for Scotland? Oh, I mean, I it's under normal circumstances, the, it's probably a dream come true, England, in a major tournament mm-hmm. in the group stages. You know, I've, obviously, I've... Been to Wembley the, for qualifiers and the, the last qualifiers, and then uh, for a couple of friendlies. But you know, f- for that, it, it's a dream come true. Croatia and Czech Republic, both difficult ties. I do. I, I said this to you guys off air. I do think that again, under normal circumstances, if 
Hamden was full, I would be confident that we would be taking the points from both of those games. Um, I'm looking at the, the records just now, actually, and you know we have played Croatia in competitive games five. We've won two and drawn three. We've never lost to Croatia. Yeah. The weird, and, the weird, the weird set of results, that considering that up until recently, Croatia being one of the best teams in the world for a good, how, a good amount of years. How good they were. And uh, Czech Republic as well. We've played them nine times. We've won four, they've won four, and we've drawn one. Obviously, there was that game where we played them just um, in the qualifiers last year where they had like none of their first team players because they all refused to play because of COVID. But, you know, under normal circumstances, I would be saying that I'd be confident that we'd be finishing that group on six points. Given that it's not normal circumstances, um, I think we'll probably finish it on nine points. I think we can win the three games because Wembley will not be full either. So uh, Scotland first, Croatia second. I'll go for that. How does that sound? Well, that's an that's an interesting part. You mentioned about Wembley not being full. I don't think it's going to be, but apparently, apparently it is. But I don't see how. I, I genuinely don't see how. And obviously. The games at Hamden, you can see everything around where I live in, in the south side of Glasgow is getting like ramped up for it. And, mm-hmm. and I've been in a, I've been to see Scotland probably more than I've been to see England uh, because of where I live. And I've lived next to Hamden for not going on six, seven years. And I was in the end when you played against Germany and I literally went there just to see Thomas Muller. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Like, I'll just go see him play because they just won the World Cup. Um, and as it was, you put up a real good fight. It could be three two, and and I mean it was a far worse side than what you've got now. So I think sometimes the the English people listen to that will be like nah nah nah. But Hamden, when it's rocking, is is a good stadium, um, and it really can roll you over the line. But as someone who went to the Sunderland game against Lincoln, twelve thousand fans is nothing to be sniffed at. So twelve thousand fans that could and and to be fair, you beat Czech Republic without fans in mm-hmm. Feb, no November. November, just slump yeah. before Christmas. I feel like, obviously, I, I say that, but you know, looking at the group, then you're, you're imagining that England will win the group, uh, and then it's a, a straight fight for second between, obviously, between the other three. There's not a team there. Hopefully, there's not a team there which are going to be whipping boys because hopefully that's not us. But I think we we have a chance. We definitely have a chance of finishing. I would say probably second. Um, I think that the one thing that we're lacking, I know we're going to do the Scotland preview during the week, but the one thing that we're lacking is a James McFadden type player mm. because we have with so many good players in this squad this time. But I, I do think we've got Che Adams up front now where we've been lacking. But I, I think the thing that has stopped us from really having a, a brilliant chance uh, against, for example, against England at Wembley is the likes of having a faddy to, to pull something that, like he did in France and he did against Holland or whatever. Um, so I'll go for England to win the group and Scotland to uh, qualify second. Connor, just going to throw a question at you here out of nowhere. I think three, four years ago, if you faced Croatia in a knockout stage of a tournament, you would worry a little bit. And I know this is famous last words, but of course you can only base it on what we've seen. Um, Croatia's best player is probably still still Modric. Yeah. And I'm not discounting how great of a player he is and how he's nowhere near retirement, but he's not in his pump. He's not what he was in terms yeah. of three, four years ago where he can completely run a game. And, and obviously I think England have probably improved and added more players to it. 
so I think you're looking at that in normal circumstances. You see England is probably the best on their day, um, or Croatia. And then you look at Czech Republic and then Scotland. But I think anyone who's paid attention to it, which I think a lot of people have, as tough as a group as it, as it is, it's maybe not as obvious as it used to be. But but where do you see it going and, and how do you see that group um, well, ending? Going on what, exactly what was said about Gareth Bale, he's similar with Modric. He's not the same player he was like four or five years ago. He's still absolutely superb. And if Croatia stand any chance of going through, it'll have to come through Modric. And that's obviously not discounting what you just said, there are players around them. I don't want to sound big-headed, but Modric is Croatia, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, before I came on, I went through the groups, groups and I just done my predictions. And this was without looking into the squads and what the squads were. And that actually had Croatia at the finish first, with England second. But since we've been talking, I've been looking at all the squads and... The fixtures and I think England originally I had Croatia to finish first and England to finish second but looking at the fixtures now I think England will come first and the last game the third one is between Scotland and Croatia and I think it's going to come down to that game of who qualifies second and to be fair I'm not just saying this because Scott's watching us with his glaring beaming eyes <laughs> Scotland generally have a good squad. I do think they're lacking in a couple of places, mm-hmm. but the left back, they've got quite good options at left back. He, um, Tyrini, um, oh, I've lost the paper, we didn't know. Um, they Robertson, have got options all across the pitch, yeah. yeah. Even the keepers, Craig Gordon, David Marshall, John McLaughlin, um, Scott McKenna, Kieran Tyrini, Declan Gallagher. Did you say Tyrini? I did. I came in. Ty- How do you say it? Tierney. Tierney. KT. I'm not. I'm not Scottish. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they have. They've got some good options there. Lyndon Dykes, who's been good for Queens Park Rangers this year. Yeah. Che Adams. Um, they have got some really good players there. Probably the best Scotland's looked in A years. Long time. If I'm being quite. And if I'm being quite honest. Um. So I think it's going to come down to the, the third game, which is. Croatia and Scotland of who who gets through. I mean, you look through Croatia's squad as well, and I know we've we've paid a lot a lot of focus towards Modric there because he's someone that can dictate a game to the middle. I mean, Barisic is obviously in Croatia's squad, and Barisic yeah. is the he's the second highest chance creation maker in the Scottish Premier League uh, Premiership. Sorry, uh, obviously from left back, but I don't think from what I've seen in Croatia, which is not every single game. You know, let's be honest, it's, it's impossible to watch every team in every game. But I've watched more of Croatia than some other teams. And, and Barisic, it's going to be hard for him and the way that Croatia play to um, to impact the game the way that it does for Rangers. Because Rangers play with Tav and Barisic just like banging down the wings, basically. They're not even fullbacks, they're wingers, and they've got so much dominance. Barisic hasn't got that much freedom for Croatia, so a lot of it's going to come to the middle. On the flip side... My favourite sounding player plays for Croatia. He's their third choice goalkeeper, plays for Luton. Simon Sluger, or Slugger. Um, I just think it's a great name. Like, what, Slugger? Good name. Um, I've just just also realised their centre half is Dejan Lovren. So if you remember him at Liverpool, he was absolutely piss. Yeah, he wasn't great. You're always going to have an option. I've got Ante Ante Rebic from AC Milan. Yeah, they do. And they've also got. Obviously, they've got um, Kovacic 
from Chelsea yeah, as well. Um, Brozovic. So they, have, they have got options. It's just, I think it's going to be tight, this group. I think England will win it unless something spectacularly goes wrong or England will qualify. But I do think it's going to come down between Scotland and Croatia. And I think Scotland might just have enough to pip them, I think. I think you look at um, the Czech Republic squad as well. And, and I, I'm reluctant to discount any team that plays England or Scotland for that for that uh, record. But I looked at Czech Republic's team, and if you go back in the day when they had like Nedved and Pabotsky, and they've always Czech. had a good three or four or five players. And the standout for me was probably Suchek. Yeah. Which, no offense to Suchek, but he's like the Fellaini of West Ham. Um, when the Moyes had him at Everton, he's kind of similar sort of play. He's very effective. But he's not a Nedved that's going to turn a game on, on a sixpence. Um, so for me, the Czech Republic, the fact that they've lost twice to Scotland, and to be fair, they looked better when they had their stand-in players. For those of you who watched it, they were actually a better side with all these like 32, 33-year-olds that had barely ever played for the Czech Republic or one or two caps than they were sort of full squad. But I mean, I've set that up for England to get beat of the Czech Republic now. So well done, G. Um, but I, I think for me, this is literally taken off my England slash Scotland head. I think England should win the group and will. I think England have the tag of glorious losers, as do Scotland. Um, probably England more so in the latter stages for obvious reasons. But I think when you look at England's team, I mean, you just look at the right-back options. We're arguing over, should Kyle Walker just played in the Champions League final and won the cha- won the, the Premier League? Or should it be Rhys James just won the Champions League? Or should it be Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's got like a great end of the season? And I, I kind of agreed that he shouldn't be in the squad because I said, no, he's not been the best right-back out of the three. And However, he ended the season really, really well with Liverpool. And when you're arguing over who should play there, and then let's go, let's look at who's up top. Or should it be Grealish? Should it be Foden? Like you've got players like um, Oxlade Chamberlain that are not even near the squad, James Madison that are not even near the squad, players that can change a game, but like we're that strong. So if England don't do in England, we should not walk that group because I don't think you can walk any group in, in a major tournament, but we should win it and we should go a lot further. The only concern I have with England is. And I, I don't know how this is going to sound. I just don't really have much confidence in Southgate. I don't think he really knows what his first 11 is. He, he, it just seems like since the last tournament, we have rotated the squad a bit, which is fine because obviously it's all friendly fixtures and you need to see which system works, which players work better with other players. But I still don't think he knows what his starting 11 is. I couldn't pick the so, starting 11, to be fair. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you England's you know, 4-1, like, I don't know whether you'll play Declan Rice or Henderson. For me, it's an easy choice. It's it's Jordan Henderson. And I think one of the big criticisms he gets is that he sometimes plays two defensive midfielders, which I don't think he needs to when he's got the kind of attack and talent. So I hope, I I like Southgate, but I hope that he lets the shackles off the team a little bit and just goes, you're better than all those three teams. Just go win the game comfortably. Um, Set yourselves up for a good knockout stage. So I'm going... England, Scotland, and and that's me taking off my my head. I honestly think I agree with Scott. I agree with Connor. I think Scotland have got a good squad. Um, I think John McGinn is a really good player. Andy Robertson's world class. I think KT's on the verge of being world class. Um, I think it's a bit weak 
when you look behind McGinn, I really don't rate Callum McGregor, but that's probably a really biased opinion. Um, but I don't think he's come off a good season with Celtic either. And I think they're a bit weak at right back in terms of I don't really rate Stephen Donnell at international level. And then you've got Nathan Patterson, who's obviously going to be great and is definitely the right option to take. But whether he's going to go into an international tournament after five games of Rangers, who knows? Hopefully he does, because I'd love to see him do well. But um, for me, a big, big talking point, we're going to be going on to the Scotland preview in full, so we'll go more in depth on this. But Ian, I want to throw this one at you before I get your predictions. Um, I was amazed that Billy Gilmore was a surprise in the Scotland squad because for me, Robertson and KT aside, he's the only player that has at least the potential to be world-class. Would you put Billy Gilmore straight into the squad, straight into the starting eleven? Um, Is it, well, you know what, maybe, you know, bold. I mean, that would be a bold move. Um, you know, Clark's maybe not always known for that. Um, no, <laughs> no. Um, but, 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 but yeah, you're right. But then there's other players. I mean, I look at, I look at Ryan, um, their gold in um, um, their Portugal, and I'm like, yeah, that was yeah, why is he not getting in? You know, he wasn't even close either, was he? It's not like he's even no. in the squad, which is. Yeah. The, but where are you going for the the tournament? Uh, not tournament, sorry, the the group. Where, who do you think's coming out of that one? Um, if well, like sort of Connor said, if if their Southgate is their bold, I can't see past um their sort of England. Um, I'm actually going um their Scotland for the second their place because they're they're organised. There's a spirit there. They absolutely dragged themselves through um their sort of qualifying. Um, I, I you know Hamden. It really doesn't matter if there's fans there or not because they made the most of it. Um, so I can't, I, I really can't see past um, their sort of Scotland. It's obviously a tight knit squad, you know. They really seem there to look out, out, out for each other, and um, I think that makes all of um, there the difference. And actually, Clark, you know, you know, since he's come in, um, he does. He's he's very much in um, they're the doer. Um, you know, you know, Scotsman mould, but you know, he's got something that they're about him. So, yeah, I am, I am going for Scotland. Yes, yeah, Scott. Um, I hope Ian's right. I'm just browsing Twitter as we're doing this, and uh, I'm just reading that apparently the Croatia and the Czech Republic football associations are going to ask for the games to be moved away from Hamden because of the COVID restrictions in Glasgow. Um, I heard so about this. They've, that, took tra- they've took their training camp away already. I uh, one was at the the Orium in Edinburgh, and the other was at St Andrews, and they're going to ask to move to uh, England or Wales. And uh, apparently, uh, they're going to meet to discuss whether or not they should ask UEFA to to move the games. Um, so that would possibly, obviously, have a bit of a dynamic, as I said, with the with the groups and the fans and stuff like that. Would you not say that? Would you not say that's more mind games though from them? Like I know, obviously, I'm not discounting that COVID is quite rife in Glasgow at the minute. We know that with the Indian variant, but would you not say that's a bit of a mind game because they see us as a threat, possibly? Aye, I think so. That's exactly what I was looking at it there and going, they're seeing that if we can get this game moved to whatever, then 
we're not going to have. I mean, I think there was only something like, you know, it was like less than 2,000 tickets available for the Scotland Supporters Club for the home games. Um, so it went down to, uh, I think it went down to 13 points. Um, obviously, I'm on 12, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, still there, there's still going to be, you would imagine that the majority of people who got tickets for Hamden through the original ballot will be Scotland fans as well due to the lack of international travelling and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully it is and hopefully Hamden gets to stage the games and uh, and we can get that wee boost. But that would, I think that would be a bit of a disaster for us if that was to happen. I think it's probably too short notice, but um, before we leave this group, I think you know. I think it's the first one we've all agreed with. We've all gone England to top it and Scotland second, which is is obviously great news for the listeners because I imagine most of them um, are English or Scottish. Um, I know it's a bit of a cliche to say the sort of thing we've mentioned the Gaza moments quite a few times in Italia ninety and, and whatnot, and I'm very much sounding like a an England commentator. But I'll come to you first, Scott, because obviously you're you're coming from a different viewpoint, but um, Phil Foden, is this his tournament if he wants it to be? Uh, it depends if we play Declan Gallagher. You know, if, <laughs> if, if I love Declan, but... <laughs> if, if Declan's if De- playing, he's got no chance. Um, I'd say that he might still be struggling, Declan, because I know he's still got Mitrovic in his one-back pocket, so he might struggle to carry Foden in the other one. But, uh, you know, I, I watched the game last night and, um, you know, Foden... I had seen Pep saying that Foden has got the most amount of talent that he's seen. Yeah, that is the best player that he's seen, but talent-wise and stage of career and age-wise, then I I think it could be if he um, if he knuckles down and plays to his potential, then um, it could be a worry for us, especially you know as we said. We are sort of weak, run about certain areas of the squad. And for a Scotland fan point of view, then, uh, you know, he's definitely, I think he and Harry Kane are the ones to watch in the England squad for us. And if uh, not, you've got Grealish still. And so go back to the centre yeah, squad, doesn't it? Yeah. I was going to say Mason Mount because he, I'm not going to say he's underrated, but he is. He's he not talked get, about as much, is he? Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Simply, simply because of Phil Foden and Grealish, how good they've been this year. Um, but Mason Mount, he doesn't get enough recognition, rec- recognition, in my opinion. Potentially Chelsea's most important player, and they've just won the Champions League. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I think people recognise him, but I think people get naturally excited by the Grealishes and the the Fodens because of that sheer, like, unadulterated talent. But Mason Mount is probably one of the first names on the England team sheet. I would, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, next group, mm, again, it's gone back to the, the, the previous. We've got, I sound like Gary Neville there, by the way. Um, Spain, Poland, Sweden, Slovakia. It's got the obvious again. It's got the not so obvious. And then it's got the kind of wild card, like a lot of these groups have, to be fair. Scott, Spain, uh, they're, not the, they're not the Spain they were. 10, 15 years ago, that just dominated world football, but they're still pretty tidy, aren't they? Uh, for me, Spain were very much like uh, Italy, and what I'd said earlier on about, you know, collectively, yes, they have a good squad, individually, yes, they have good players, but they're not, as you say, Graham, they're not the, the swashbuckling, fast attacking, just brilliant to watch team that they were. Uh, when they sort of won the Euros and the, the World Cup um, in the last few sort of years as well. But 
I do think that they will win the group. Uh, I think they'll, they'll have enough to, to get them through. Second place, I'm not sure. Poland or Sweden, I think. But then when you look at Slovakia, when you've got two teams like that fighting for second, there's always a risk that they can cancel each other out. And all it takes is for Slovakia to get, like as we said earlier on, a win and a draw. And for Sweden and Poland to draw two games and Slovakia are through. But um, who do I think will finish second? I'm going to go for... Poland. I think Spain, Spain to win the, the group and Poland to come second. The Spanish squad's actually really interesting. I was looking through this and there's, there's a lot of players that you'd expect to be in missing. Sergio Ramos isn't on the squad, which was, that took me back a bit because I thought he would be like a shoe-in, but maybe he's, I mean, they've got, don't get me wrong, they've got Laporte, uh, they've got Garcia from Man City as well. But the likes of like Diego Llorente is gone, lead centre-back um, ahead of him. It looks like Spain are trying to mould they're trying to mould younger players coming through and, and get that new generation, but they've they've got a few players in there as well that have still got experience. Morata's in there, um, but like Adama Triori is in the squad, Ferran Torres, maybe players that we haven't seen so much on the uh, major tournament at uh, national level stage, mixed with the likes of like Esquilapeta. I don't think Spain are going to be as dominant as they used to be. I really don't see that, but I think they'll come out of the group without a problem. Without a problem. And after that, we've got... It pains me to go against Sweden because I love Seb Larsson, but I think Poland have got Lewandowski and that makes such a difference. Um, He's the best striker in the world, easily. Benu in the group... Yes. Second, Poland, Sweden. Where are you going? Uh, Poland, second. Because of Lewandowski? Uh, just because I think that Poland have good tournament experience. You know, yeah. Years before you look at Poland and nobody ever really goes, oh, Poland could do quite well. And then generally they do quite well or they, they, they do all right. Um, so I think they are quite a good tournament team. Um, and I think that they just have one or two players that will give them the edge. Connor, where we're going for you, Spain to win it. I think it's our easiest group of them all. Spain to win it, Poland to finish second. But um, I want to give a special mention to Slovakia because I didn't even know he was still playing. And it's one for all the indie Italian fans. Marikamsik, oh, yeah. midfielder general for Napoli a while Pretty back, good. who currently plays for. Gothenburg, I believe, in Sweden, which is a very odd move. I'm just making sure. I yes, IFK Gothenburg. Gothenburg, basically Gothenburg, isn't it? Is the, you, the you, you, you are the Swedish, the Swedish correspondent. It's a lovely city, one of the favourite places I've been in, in in the whole world. Love, absolutely love Sweden. But um, I, I can't disagree with what you were saying actually about Spain. It just does seem like they, they've hit the reset button. They want to bring all the youth through and develop a bit like what England's done over the past few years, but obviously on a better scale. It's obviously developed all these into one team and probably their, their objective was probably the World Cup in a couple of years' time. Um, but exactly what Scott just said about Poland, when you look at their squad, it just seems like there's a lot of 100%ers in there, a lot of people that'll die for them. Um. Higher tech, Perfect Berlin, Lewandowski, superb. 
obviously. Cleish uh, from Leeds United. Uh, Fabianski, Chesney. There's, there is a lot of good players in that squad. So, yeah, I think they'll finish second. But I can't believe they didn't pick Darius Kabitsky at right back. That's shocking, that. Darius Kabitsky's the best Polish right back that ever lived. And he might be 45, 50, but I'd still stick him in. Um, Ian, Spain. Nope. Poland? No, Poland. Poland. Mm. You feed um, they're the goat and he will score. There for me, there Lewandowski is going to be the top um, their scorer in um, their the tournament. He's the best striker in the world, I think, personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard, to, hard to disagree with that. Yeah. You know, play to is um, their sort of strengths. I think I think they're going to do really, really well. Spain, I was looking through the, the squad there last night, and yeah, there's loads of names that we know, but there was no one who really stood out, and I thought, yeah, yeah they're really on it just now. It's not the Xavi, Iniesta kind of no. Fernando Torres in his prime. It's not. not like, yeah, yeah, you know Torres. Um, it's you not know, that got to take, but you know, there's no one like that just now. Um, Atom, I'm sure they will, you know, come come there good and you know do well. But no, um, it's is there Poland for me? So who would you go second, Spain? Yeah, Spain. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I want Sweden to do something because I like Sweden a lot, but I don't know if they will because, of course, the big talking point from this, and I know that is a bit more, mate, but Ibrahimovic is not in the squad. He's injured, obviously. He's out. Um, I think that's probably going to scunner Sweden a little bit. You know what? If I'm honest, if you're if you're still relying on um, their sort of last, and, then, and we love Seb, but... He's 35, 36. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I, th- I wonder if uh, Toivonen got in the squad. Actually, that's a that's a thought because obviously Oliver Toivonen was was still getting in the Sweden squad for a long time, and I think he'd gone to play in Australia last time I checked. Um, but Toivonen, since he chopped his uh, hair off, seems to be you know a totally different a bit better. Um, player till you know to the one that we had. So the opposite of Samson. Um, yeah. I think you, you made a really good point there when you said if you know you rely on players that are really coming at the end of their career, not just their international career. And I think you look through Sweden's squad, Robin Olsen is the goalkeeper. He's number two at Everton. Um, Lustig left Celtic like three years ago. He's still in the squad. Lindelof is actually the standout um, alongside uh, Elanda. And you've got Pontus Janssen as well. Outside of that, to be honest, I mean, your, your centre-forwards that you've got is Marcus Berg's probably the big one. You've got Alexander Isak as well, who's at Sociedad, who's doing all right. But there's not a great deal of unadulterated quality that they've maybe had in the past with Sweden. And the, the quality that they do have is, is aging quality and it's definitely not in its prime. So, yeah, I think I think it's hard to disagree. But I hope Sweden do well because that lovely country, lovely people and obviously lovely Seb. But before we leave completely and make our final predictions, the most mental, toughest group ever. I absolutely feel horrible for Hungary because that must be awful coming out in that. Um, but the final group, France, Portugal, the holders, of course. France, the runners-up. Of course, Germany, serial winners of everything because Germany just like robots when it comes to tournaments. And then poor little Hungary. Um, Scott, I'll come to you first. The first question I'll ask is it's not going to be Hungary, is it? Could be. No, 
No. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, this, other than the, obviously, I think probably most people will be the same, but other than the Scotland-England uh, group, I think this is the group I'm most looking forward to, but also because uh, I, I love Germany. I love everything German. Um, and I'm a bit worried about it because I think uh, Yogi loves he's leaving after this tournament so this is his last tournament um, France are just like the, as I said earlier the, the depth in their squad is just so good Portugal again Portugal they never really strike me as oh they might win it but again they're a good tournament team so I'm a bit concerned for Germany uh, I'm going to go purely based on um being a German fan, France to win it in Germany to come second, which is harsh on Portugal, but uh, if I wasn't a Germany fan, I would probably say different. I think with Portugal, and I'm a big Ronaldo fan, big, big, big Ronaldo fan, but I think I don't think they're strong enough to be a team that could win two tournaments in a row. And obviously they won the last Euros. Um, I think it's different to Spain when Spain won a few before. They were like everyone's tournament favourites and then just went on and won it. That made sense. Portugal didn't go into the last one as tournament favourites. They won't go into this one as tournament favourites. Um, and you quite often see teams that have won the previous tournament go out in the, the early stages. I think if they had a bit of an easier group, that wouldn't be the case. But I find it really hard to look past France and the Germans, especially with Germany and the last World Cup that they had when I think they got beat off South Korea and, and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm with you, Scott. I absolutely love everything German. It's like it's the reason I've been 30-odd times a different part of Germany because it's class. Um, and mainly it's because of the football and the beer and everything that's there. And much like I've said before with the Dutch, it's great to have them in a tournament. And I know the Dutch and the Germans hate each other, but the reason I like them is because they're so similar when it comes to their fan bases. They just absolutely die for their team, and I think it's great. Um, for me, Germany don't win the group. France do. I, I think, you know, Mbappe, you've got Griezmann. Uh, there's, there's a lot of talent in that French squad. And I think France will go there or thereabouts to winning it. They always do. And I don't think they've got worse. I think, if anything, they probably just got better, where the Germans maybe have. I really do hope that Joachim Lowe doesn't scratch his balls and do a scratch and sniff um, this year. But I think the I think Germany will qualify, but potentially Portugal would be the third the third team to qualify um, if we're doing the best third place because I think they can probably sneak a draw out of France or Germany. They'll beat Hungary, uh, or they should beat Hungary. And I think they might look at getting maybe the highest amount of goals and goals who on like the goal difference side of things. And then I think once they get into the knockout stages, you've got Ronaldo, you've got a, a game win, a game winning player there that could potentially take you further. So I'm certainly not discounting Portugal out of it, but for me, France are in the group that then then Germany. Connor, where are you going with it? Um, I'm going with Germany to top the group with France seconds. I think France have got an unbelievable amount of talent in the squad as well as Germany. And that's obviously not discounting Portugal, but just like you've said, I don't think Portugal have the necessary depth to get through simply because that group is absolutely deadly. And yeah, that's why I think I think Germany will Germany will top it. <laughs> Ian, where are we going with you for the group? Because it's to be fair, you, you, if you'd said Portugal top, the only the only reason I laugh at it is if you say you think Hungary are going to do something. So this is an interesting <laughs> group, isn't it? Aye, uh, no, I mean uh, like 
like North, um, their sort of Macedonia will be the, the yeah. package. I, I'm sorry, you know, Hungary, but you will be, um, they're the, the weapon boys. Hungary are yes. going to be left starving, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Starved of success. <laughs> um, I've actually I've gone for France there to win it. Yeah, Second, same. actually, um, they're Portugal. I just wonder if um, the Ronaldo's just got one last, um, their sort of hurrah in them. You know, he's maybe not had had you know the best of seasons at um, the UV by by sort of his his uh, standards. By his standards, yeah, yeah, he got <laughs> fifty goals, so I suppose. <laughs> but. Um, but actually, Germany are going to finish third. But I think they'll get through as you know in in that you know the 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 two uh, you know best sort of finishes. So you know there's 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 just something about about the Germany squad. I'm like, I don't think they're quite there yet either. And they're still think, young, yeah. Yeah, and I feel yeah. that um, actually Lowe needs to move on, and actually probably should have moved on on sort of prior to this. I found it quite interesting that because for me, one of my favorite players in the world and one of my favorite people in the world is, is Thomas Muller. Um, and naturally, I would watch England or Scotland nine times out of ten. So I don't watch these teams every week. But I couldn't believe how long that Thomas Muller had been out of the Germany squad. Like that actually took me back that it had been that long. So that's all the group stuff that. Um, we will do a quick, a quick sweepstake of. Player of the tournament, who we think will get the golden boot, although we've kind of touched on it. The surprise team of the tournament, and of course the winner. Um, I'll go with you first, Scott. Who's who's your player of the tournament going to be? Uh, Kylian Mbappe. Any reason why? I just think he's a he's a cracking player. I just watch him, and he just seems to get better and better every time I see him. He's just he makes it look so easy, and in that squad, I think they will help him just. They'll just bring him out. Frighteningly fast. Mm-hmm. Like worryingly fast. Excellent player. Connor, who's your player of the tournament? I'm gonna say Leroy Sammy because he went to Bayern Munich and he's just mm-hmm. he's just found found himself again. And I think he'll be crucial if Germany are gonna win. Terrific player. Absolutely terrific player. Um Ian, who's your player of the tournament? Um, I'm, I'm actually, um, I'm going to go for Kevin um, there in this bit. Um, I just I think he's going to bang in a few goals and, uh, and get himself um, there, uh, a big money move afterwards. So I'm going to go. say how much a hips paying you to get eight million instead of three million that they got off Birmingham in the summer. Um, for me, player of the tournament, biased, but it feels like it's an Italian anti-Gaza moment. Uh, Phil Foden, I, I just, I'm dead excited to see him and I can't say up until the past few years I've really felt like that with with English players um him and Guelish I'm so excited to see and we're not even looking at the Stillings and Keynes at the minute and, and Mason Mounts that we touched on before for me Phil Foden anything England do will come from Phil Foden just having an outstanding tournament and I absolutely back him to do it um Golden Boot Scott we've touched on a bit but uh quickly who's your Golden Boot uh, if he gets off and running in the group stages, I could see De Bruyne scoring a few. Oh, a midfielder to take over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Connor, who's who are you going for? 
I did originally say when we're discussing England, Harry Kane, but I think I'm going to retract that and say, because he's been absolutely crucial this year for Real Madrid, I'm going to say Benzema. Yeah, because he's kind of sneaked in, hasn't he? The, the old he experience has. head sneaked in. Yeah, not a bad shout. Uh, Lukaku for me. Uh, Lukaku, I think, always got the shitty end of the stick at Man United when he's obviously a tremendous centre-forward with speed, agility, confidence, pace, powerful, strong, and he's always in the right spot and he can also score goals from a distance. Um, so for me, Lukaku, because, well, you'll find out why soon. Uh, Ian, who's your golden boot? Um, I can't I can't see past um, the 11. You know, Dusky, yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to bang in at least, at least a six or seven. So yeah, yeah. I think if they get to like the quarters, you've got a chance. I, I don't know if they'll make it past the quarters, but I think he could score enough in four or five games. He can score five goals in like half an hour, can't he? So yeah. Um, Scott, who's going to be surprise team or player of the tournament? You can choose a team or player. Uh, I think I'll go for team, and I'm I'm not just saying it because we're there. But I think Scotland might surprise a few folk. Uh, I think if we can get results against Croatia and the Czech Republic, uh, and if we make it out of the group, then I think that would be uh, a great return for us. Looking at the others, you know, we're looking at the likes of Hungary, North Macedonia, etc. They might just be pushing it a wee bit for surprise. But I think I think Scotland could surprise a few if um, if we can get a couple of results in there. Connor, who's your surprise team or player? Uh, I'm going to go for player and I'm going to say Serge Gnabry by Munich because obviously people just say Serge Gnabry as the one that was on loan to West Brom. Your pronunciations have been amazing, by the way. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm honestly shit. I'm Gnabry. So shit. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was learning German as well a couple of months back and I was doing quite well. With to it, be fair, just... you, might, you might have it right. I might have it wrong, to be fair, because well, I haven't been learning German for a while. But he's been doing well. He's been doing well at Bayern Munich. Like, he hasn't been superb because obviously Lewandowski's in front of him of course but I think he's a good player a really good player terrific and I think if he has a good tournament um, his stock will be up I mean he's, he's for me he's one of the best players in the world at the minute and he's he's grown so much since he's left Arsenal and obviously West Brom on loan for me surprise of the tournament is going to be and people are going to listen to this and think I'm biased because some people refer to me as the Scottish one I'm English um, but Scotland, I, I, I think they've got a better team than people. I think some people are thinking they're, they're rubbish based on previous tournaments and stuff, but they've got a good enough team and they're in a group that they can get out of. And I think that would be a surprise for a lot of people. So for me, Scotland, yeah. I don't think it'll surprise England. Don't think they'll get near us. Um, but I think it'll surprise other people. Ian, who's your surprise team slash or player? Um. <laughs> Well, I know we've mentioned that I am going to go for North Macedonia. Yeah, yes. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? You know, someone always, always sort of pops up and uh, why should it not be them? Um, and to be fair, especially after, um, you know, Greece made them stick um, their North in their front of their name, um, you know, which just doesn't right, to be honest, so... Where's Greece in this tournament? Exactly. Um, <laughs> previous winners, like which England aren't, or North Macedonia. All, all, all joking aside, though, like I generally did have Scotland written off because I always do because I just think it's Scotland. They haven't really got very good players. Most of Scotland normally do, to be fair. And I did, I did actually write them off until I actually 
when, until I actually had a look at the squads when we started the pod. And I actually generally think they will get through this year. They have got a good squad. So I would, I know I've, I said my surprise player, but I would generally say I've got high expectations for Scotland this year. Not high as in win it, but I would say if we get to the last 16, then they've done, they've done well. Yeah, personally. Better than they've ever done, isn't it? One word answers before we go. Scott, who's going to win the tournament? Belgium. Connor. Germany. Ian. France. I've gone Belgium. Ooh. Fair enough. Well, thanks very much for sticking with us as long as you have, everyone. I hope that has been a significantly good tournament from us who know nothing about football. Um, we've tried our very, very best to, to give you our superior knowledge. But do like, subscribe, share it. England preview. Got a Scotland preview. We'll have each Scotland and England game previewed as well and reaction from it as well. Um which should be great. I'm looking forward to that, especially the England-Scotland game. So please subscribe, come back to us, listen to it, and we'll, we'll keep your company as best as we can and enjoy the tournament.